0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ball and Breakfast podcast with Wayne. I'm Patrick uh, coming to you with week 13 uh, where you have our five matchups that we're going to cover tonight. Uh, The first one starting on Thursday, it's going to be the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah, thanks, Pat. Man, Cowboys, you know, at home, this is always a very dangerous team. I, I think I read a stat of the average 41 points at home. They're 5-0 at home. Uh, Gino, he's been a little banged up of late. Uh, So, you know, something to keep an eye on there. Obviously, he is most likely going to be playing in this Thursday night game. Um, And then Deron Bland, too, has just been playing at an elite. level. Like, who would have thought? Like, when I saw Trevon Diggs go down, I'm like, okay, maybe the defense. This isn't their year. But talk about, you know, making the most of your opportunity here. Seven interceptions, thirteen, you know, pass deflections. I feel he, he definitely is like setting himself up for, uh, you know, some defensive player of the year nominations. You know, in my opinion, uh, breaking the the record right for touchdowns or for interceptions returned for touchdowns in a season, right? Like that's just nuts. So, uh, kudos to him. Um, but yeah, you know, back to I guess more of the the game itself. Seahawks have lost three of the last four games and you know now looking ahead i guess the seahawks you know they have the cowboys they got the 49ers eagles uh you know that's a really tough next couple of games for them a little bit easier afterwards titans steelers cardinals so you know i feel like after, i feel like right now they're going to be trying to like okay we're, let's see if we can get maybe one out of three from these teams uh i just don't think it's going to be the cowboys here uh cowboys they're favored by 9 points I'm going to choose the over. Uh, you know, with the way I think the, the Seahawks been playing, you know, not playing the best brand of football at the moment. Cowboys at home, like I mentioned, they've just been killing it. Like, if Dak Prescott, if we just took his stats, if he just played at home all the time, he got the MVP. You got Peyton Manning, you know, uh, th- throwing 50 touchdowns in a season here, but uh, that's just not the case. And yeah, I don't know. So I'm going to pick Cowboys. Yeah, getting that 40 point marker. I just feel like the Cowboys have a lot of momentum going on. Seahawks just not playing the best brand of football and then yeah, also the Cowboys, the schedule is getting tougher too. Uh, you know, with the Eagles, Bills, Dolphins and Lions coming up. So I think for them, they're like, "Hey, we got to take care of business here and see, if, you know, if we can get maybe a couple games from those tough to, tough teams there." But yeah, picking Cowboys winning and going over the 9 points. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I mean, a forty-five to ten shellacking on Thanksgiving Day. Um, I mean, Thanksgiving primetime games like anything can really happen for them to come out and just take care of business. You know, it's pretty impressive. You know, despite you know a, a weaker you know Commanders opponent, but um, yeah, in general, like at this point, the second half, you know, so far for Dak, um, you know, he's played MVP MVP type football. Um, like, no no questions asked about that. I mean, the fact that they're more prone to beat up on the mediocre to bad opponent is something to always keep your eye on. Like I feel like there are those teams where, you know, kind of like the dolphins, they get to those, you know, tougher elite matchups and, you know, it's anyone's guess who's going to show up there for the Cowboys. But, you know, as long as they take care of business against most of the teams they play you now, there's not many elite teams around, you know, the league itself. So I think they're totally capable of, you know, beating the Seahawks this week. I mean, for me, Seahawks definitely feel like a team that's, you know, on the decline. You know, Geno was a little bit banged up, but he's also just kind of off the mark this year. I mean, had another uninspiring game, you know, last week against, you know, the Niners. Uh, You know, Charbonnet was spelling. Kenneth Walker didn't really do a whole lot with his carries. You know, the receiving core, like, they just went off what Geno was giving them. So it wasn't really like anyone was really standing out, you know, on the offensive side of things. Um, There weren't a lot of really... (laughs) silver linings there. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers, we'll talk about them in a little bit, but you know, they, they just absolutely took it to them on the defensive side of things. And now they go up against the Cowboys, who's you know probably a pretty similar setup as, as a Niners type team. And it's like, it's just going to be tough sledding for them. Um, yeah. Something, something's happened in Dallas in terms of, you know, getting Pollard to kick it back into you know his own gear and you're really starting to get Brandon Cooks involved in the offense too. Like, you know, not not just depending on CE Lamb to carry the entire load for that team. And uh, you know, Parsons is still just a you know a disruptor, you know, on defense, uh, easily one of the best, you know, players in the league. Um, so I'm with you. I think um I think they can win by ten points or more. I mean, I think that's that's a fair bet to place. So, you know, I don't have maybe as much burning desire uh to place that over, but I but I I would say
1: comfortably like I think they can beat him by 10 points. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the way, I, I, even like pre, I guess, Geno Smith being hurt more so of, he just hasn't been playing uh, his his best. You know, so factor in the Cowboys and, you know, that defense that's creating turnovers, getting pressure with Michael Parsons, right? Like this is going to be a really tough matchup on the road for the Seahawks here. You know, Seahawks obviously having that, uh, home field advantage. If they were to have that, like this could definitely be a different game, but for whatever reason, right, the Cowboys being in that big giant stadium over there, uh, they're just a different beast. And yeah, this just is kind of an unfortunate, I guess, to happen here. But, you know, I think looking ahead for the Seahawks, if they can, you know, the Titans, Cardinals, I think those are two games that they can, you know, probably get off from there. And then they're still, I think that right now, the six seeds. So we'll, We'll see if they're able to, you know, make the playoffs. Uh, I think I think it's going to be them and, you know, either the Rams, depending on, you know, how, how those teams match up. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely not going to be easy, I think, uh, an easy road for the Seahawks to make the playoffs there. And then, yeah, the Rams, it's kind of just getting their footing and seeing, you know, if they can beat these top-level teams, right, because I think that's kind of been their whole MO. And if they are able to do, you know, get a nice road victory, <laughs> against some of these competitive teams here, then I think that's some, just some things to look forward to, I think, the next couple of weeks here. For sure.
0: In our next one, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs going on the road to take on the Green Bay Packers.
1: Yeah, man. You know This Chiefs team, when their wide receivers can catch the ball, right? This team is unbeatable. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's pretty simple as that. If When their wide receivers can catch the ball, you know, not have these uh, deflections here and there, right, and then getting intercepted by a safety cornerback or linebacker, right, then this team is really talented and good. Uh, I think that that's, like, one thing to keep an eye out on is the turnover battle, right? You know, going on to the Packers' side when they beat the Lions uh, on Thanksgiving Day, and I appreciate all the call-outs. I've, I've seen a bunch of Lions fans kind of come back to our videos because we definitely both, I think, predicted the Lions – to be be victorious on Thanksgiving Day against the Packers. And then, lo and behold, all the Packers fans, I guess a bunch of people are just going on YouTube and searching for people that have been calling out and saying that the Lions are just going to run away with it. So, yeah, the Packers, they got uh, three fumble recoveries against the Lions. And, you know, if they are able to create turnovers against the Chiefs, then there's a lot of magical things that can happen there, especially at, you know, Lambeau Field. Uh, Chiefs, they do give up the ball. They have a, you know, minus five turnover differentials. So that's just something to keep an eye out on there. But, you know, one cool thing I th- I know from the Chiefs, right? And uh, I know you you were kind of happy about this. They gave the ball to Pacheco, especially, you know, in the goal line area, was able to score some touchdowns. So, you know, if they're able to move the ball on the ground a little bit and you know, not be too reliant on the wide receivers, maybe catching the ball you know, so much, uh, I believe, like, they lead the league in drops and everything there. But, yeah, if they're able to, you know, move the ball with Pacheco a little bit more there against this Packers defense, then uh, I think the Chiefs can run away with this. But, you know, it's a six-and-a-half favor for the Chiefs. Chiefs just have been playing really close games, and I'm not just going to, you know, uh, get, get them with anything, like, more than a touchdown, like, to be honest with you. So I'm going to pick the money line here uh, for the Chiefs. I do think that they'll be able to get this road victory, set themselves up, you know, for the, um, the number one seed, uh, out of coming out of the AFC here. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, the fact that they were playing from behind against the Raiders, you know, at home, I mean, that whole first half, it really felt like, you know, what's, what's really going on with KC. you know, they've dropped some, some games this year and played some really tight ones against opponents where I'm like, you know, losing to Denver, uh, you know, things like that. It just, it's kind of like who is this team, and you know what, what's actually happening, uh, you know, for them. Even even Philly. I mean, I thought they had that game kind of in hand, and you know, slipped through uh, MVS's. So, uh, anyways, you know, for them to put up thirty one points last week, I was pretty encouraged by that. I mean, it feels like this entire year, I've been waiting for that offense to really like explode a little bit, like show us who you've always been. Like we're we're kind of missing that because it's felt like a very D heavy type team this year. You know, all things said, they're they're eighth in the league in total offense. So, you know, that's that's a bit encouraging. Um, I did like the Pacheco scores. I mean, obviously he's on my fantasy team and, you know, made it into my roster after some uh, last minute fantasy advice by Wayne. But, you know, the fact that he's so touchdown dependent is what I'm kind of looking at, like production wise. Like he, he doesn't really have those kind of big game breakouts on the ground. And I think they're truly missing like an RB1, like somebody who can really, you know, establish it on the ground for them. Um, I love Pacheco's fight. I just don't know if his talent is there to make him like a bona fide long-term running back solution for them um, with what their goals are Um, receiving wise, you know, love the fact that Rashi Rice has taken a step, you know, he was the alpha last week and has really like started to get his name on the board week after week with a lot of big scores. Um, You know, I thought the defense for what it's worth, at least last week, like they didn't show that same kind of pressure tenacity that they're usually, you know, accustomed to like, there's no reason why Aiden O'Connell should be going you know, into KC and at least like bringing his team to, you know, a, a tough matchup against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Like, so I'd like to see them come back out and play a little bit more tenacious, Um, you know, on the other side of things. I mean, I've really been encouraged by Jordan Love's progression here in the last few weeks. He was pretty flawless against Detroit. Um, they obviously had those recoveries, which were which were huge. I mean, it was such a screwy game, like kind of watching it and seeing that first quarter pass by. And it was like, damn, the Packers are, you know, just going to pull away with this thing early. And, uh, you know, Detroit ended up making it a game, but, you know, I, I do like where Watts, you know, Christian Watson's coming back from in combination with Jordan love. I think that's a combo that we can probably expect to see over the next few years, you know, years here with, you know, Green Bay. And, you know, I'm starting to gain a little bit of confidence in his game and I'm sure he is too. Like just, you know, we've talked about maybe some of his grit and some of his ability to close games out, which I think is big, even when the stat line doesn't look that great, but uh, yeah, the only other thing is I'll give them a nod. I mean, their defense, you know, isn't one of the, you know, top half teams in the league, but they did force, you know, three sacks and they got a lot of pressure on golf throughout the game, so it's, you know, something they could also maybe build upon too. Um, All that said, for Green Bay, I'm starting to gain more respect for them Um, just as a team, like, can they get to maybe 500 this year or just short, like, it's possible, and I think for them that's a huge victory. Like they should take a lot of pride in that. But you know, I, I've got KC too. I think um, you know they go on the road. Every team right now who's who's vying, you know, at the top end of their conference, like they're they're trying to win ball games. They're trying to cement themselves with that buy. And uh, I think KC's got just a little too much um, for Green Bay to handle, and they'll they'll go over in this one.
1: Yeah, definitely agree. I do think that. This could be an upset special. Like there, there definitely is that upset uh, kind of thing. Like you were mentioning, uh, you know, Jordan Love's playing really well of late, and you know had that what three hundred game, three hundred yard game, uh, I think what two weeks ago. Uh, Jaden Reed's playing exceptionally well. You know, I think I think this is rookie year. Like how about that? You know, two years uh, of just young wideouts basically for the Green Bay Packers here, and you know, kind of developing in a slow. A methodical way with uh, the wide receiver talents that, that they have here at Dubs, uh, Watson, like you mentioned, like this is pretty interesting how it's kind of all put together here. Just young, talented players, like growing in within themselves and, you know, not necessarily having that veteran uh, quarterback or wide out. You know, we, we talk about how it was nice to have D- bringing in DJ Moore, right? For Justin Fields. And, you know, the, the Green Bay Packers are kind of going, you know, Oh, we just have a bunch of young Wideouts outs and then have you know this uh, quarterback that's kind of just sat there in, the, in their system there for a little bit so uh def- d- definitely a different kind of model there but uh yeah it, you know if i'm a packers fan i'm i'm looking on the bright side i think for you know maybe going on to next year uh if they are able to get some momentum i think in this second half of the season right you know maybe you know yeah get some couple of dubs here if they are able to you know get into the playoffs as so like a wild card then great too so But yeah, here, a tough matchup, Uh, even though it's at Lambeau, it's just a tough matchup uh, going against the defending champs, Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, et cetera. Yeah. Um, To your point on the Packers, it's like some of these
0: organizations that are just perennial winners, it's like sometimes they can, you know, really put up fights with, you know, two thirds, three fourths of the rosters that they're accustomed to. And it's like, you look at the Steelers, they're very similar in that sense. It's like, you always kind of expect them to take that step back and, have to go through some of their, you know, rebuilding and pain in their own, you know, in their own right. Like all of us, you know, uh, fans of like losing organizations have to, I mean, it almost feels like we're lucky when we do make the playoffs and it's, you know, we get kind of excited about those rosters that we're, we're starting to build, but they don't pan out in the same way. And it's like, how does a team like Green Bay just find themselves like in the fold for, you know, the wild card and and all this after losing a guy like Aaron Rodgers is just, it almost feels like it's not fair, but there's something about those organizations. It's It's got to provide a lot of confidence for these players and, you know, just, just a lot of, um, you know, maybe knowledge is just shared throughout that building that, you know, we can, we can repair this thing and get us you know back on the right track.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's probably a lot of people on the Packers and, you know, this is definitely a nice way to compare like how do the Packers function versus how do the Bears function with regards to, you know, developing a quarterback, making sure that they have a right proper system, you know, I feel like the Bears do it in in reverse compared to what the Packers do. Like right? the Packers are very conservative, right? When it with regards to how the quarterbacks kind of churn out, right? They usually, you know, we, we we see that kind of what's happened with Brett Favre, and then now, you know, then when you know having Aaron Rodgers sit a couple of years, and then having Jordan Love sit a couple years, and we'll see what happens, you know, with all this. But yeah, they like let the the quarterback mature uh, with. Uh, the team and have the, the coaching staff intact for that quarterback. Whereas the bears, right. I remember hearing about this, like it totally makes sense is, you know, Justin Fields rookie year. And then the switch coaches switch offensive schemes. It's like, you're asking a lot of the quarterback and Oh yeah. You, you, everybody's bringing up your contract uh, rookie quarterback contract situation every other week and trying to think about blowing it up. Like that's just way too much pressure or a lot of pressure. For a quarterback, uh, you know, these these are 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds, right? It's like they got, you know, they're, they're still trying to figure out life. So, yeah, having that, like, time to just marinate a little bit, that structure, learning, like, that's just invaluable. And the Packers have been doing that pretty well and successfully, and that's kind of why they've been able to be successful. So, yeah, a lot of it is the system, the environment that you create for the quarterback, not just the, the sheer talent that you have. And, you know, I think that's just something to consider, uh, you know as bear fans as we like look at envy sometimes the packers a little bit here
0: no doubt um in our next one we have the denver broncos going on the road to take on the houston texans
1: i love this matchup this is going to be an awesome <laughs> matchup right like you talk about yeah yeah <laughs> like two two teams uh you know both six and five like really trying to gun for that playoff spot and everything and you know, in, in you know, fairly, I guess, like competitive divisions, uh, or maybe not really competitive divisions, but like they're they're like they're kind of just snuck up on us, right? The Broncos, I think, what like four, five, five out of six games, uh, something like that, and then the Texans, uh, have won four out of the, out of out of six as well. So it's like you know, two teams that are pretty hot this you know past couple of games, uh, you know, I think the. The Texans are I think the Broncos are I believe that they're favored uh in this game, so um the, the Texans I think will win. Uh but then I think the Browns would cover actually or the Broncos will cover here. But I take that back. The Texans are actually our favorite here. The Texans are favor, favored by three and a half. Um I, I think the Broncos will cover. I'm gonna choose that, but you yeah, know, I have the Texans winning this game. I I think that they bounce back. They, I feel with like the Texans, and it's more so, I guess, just how I've been looking at this team. They've been like, all right, they give up a game, they win the next game, they give up a the game. They've been kind of doing that of late, uh, and I, I think that okay, this is their bounce back game here. Broncos, you know, uh, they they've they've just been playing really well. Uh, I I think we were both talking about this. It was maybe last week about they have. Definitely an opportunity to get into the playoffs. Uh, you know, and I, I'm really impressed by that. I am thoroughly impressed by that. So, but, you know, this Texans team, right? Lost against the Jaguars. That was a really close game. Uh, you know, if CJ Stroud didn't get sacked, that kind of like, you know, I think it was that second down, and then they kicked out on the fourth down there with Amandola, trying to kick like a 58 game tying field goal there, then yeah, they, they, you know, then they, who knows what happened at an overtime you know, in Houston. So, uh, I think this is a bounce back. I think they, they bounce back here at home, uh, get the W, but yeah, I think the Broncos will cover, I think that three and a half point spread there.
0: Oh man, there's, there's something in the water in Denver. There's something in the water. And I think Sean Payton has finally brought the Bronco all the way to that water and allowed it to have a drink. And I feel like I get everything you're saying, and I look at the stats and I'm like, the team stats for both squads favor Houston. The only thing that's special, you know, about the Broncos statistically is their number one in the league in takeaways, which is, I think, a huge stat, no no, no matter what. Because even, you know, for how bad that defense has been, you know, throughout this entire year, how comical it was, especially early on, like they they have this way about them of, you know, getting those fumble recoveries, getting big interceptions from the secondary Last week, they come away with four sacks, even in a game where, you know, Wilson had a very uh, pedestrian line. But, you know, they took it to the Browns, and the Browns, you know, have been one of the better defensive teams this year. Obviously, they're they're missing Deshaun Watson and, you know, playing a rookie at quarterback and everything like that. But there's something about this team and the mojo and the juju that they're, you know, currently experiencing where I'm like, man—
1: I'm just gonna ride the hot
0: hand like i don't i don't think there's a lot of explanations that would make you know my argument any better i just think there's got to be something that peyton wilson have figured out about their team and like their they're strategizing for these games and it's been fun to watch man it's been fun to watch week to week to see them come back you know have their little redemption story this year after a miserable uh you know 22 23 and a miserable start to this year and there's you know, something about Wilson, maybe he's, you know, re, you know, rediscovering in himself. He's no longer a punchline. I feel like he's showing that he's the competent, you know, uh, starting quarterback that everybody knew him to be. Uh, he can be a leader for this team. Like, he's not the same guy who was on Seattle, but in the same sense, uh, I think he's got, you know, some moxie to him here. And, uh, yeah, I just think Sensei Wilson's going to show, you know, the little grasshopper, C.J. Stroud, like, hey, man. Like I've been in this league for quite a while. I've had some success here. I think you're the next thing coming, you are the next big thing in this league,
1: but you wait your turn, man. You wait your turn. I mean, that's, that's a very poetic of you. So, Um, (laughs) but I mean, no, that's good. That's a good way to put it. And, you know, rookie. Yeah. It it is a nice reminder. CJ Stroud still is a rookie quarterback. Uh, Now, you know, this going to the second half of the season, right? Like, there's more tape on him, so NFL defenses are trying to pick him up. And like you mentioned, you know the Broncos are a turnover machine. They have, you know, uh, uh, Justin Simmons there at, at the safety position. Like I think this is like the like third, fourth year in a row he's gotten like four or five interceptions or something. Like that guy's a ball hawk, so he definitely has been. He's going to be studying CJ Stroud, seeing you know if, if he's able to uh, kind of identify any of his uh, you know his tell signs there. So. Uh, you know, hey, I mean that that might be something to look into, uh, you know, from the betting standpoint too. See, you know, maybe Simmons, uh, you know, get gets an interception this game. But yeah, no, there's this is definitely going to be a great game. I think regardless, you know, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, I went back and forth on it. I think originally picked the Broncos. So you know, something to look forward to. I think overall in this game. So yeah, a lot of fun things I think is going to happen and kind of come from this game. And you know, we'll see. I'm very much looking forward to both teams and how they finish off this season, though. For sure,
0: in our next one, we have the Detroit Lions going on the road to take on the New Orleans Saints,
1: man you know uh Detroit Lions here uh tough loss, right, tough loss on Thanksgiving uh to the Packers, you know we mentioned before those three fumbles, right, so like you know I think uh the lions like it's it's essential, essential that they are able to kind of keep the ball here. <laughs> You know the Saints. They this team has been a little underwhelming, a little bit. You know they. I think coming into this NFL season, a lot there was a lot of talk about you know their schedule, playing in the weak division. A lot of you know, I know I did, and a lot of other people predicted them to kind of just like run away a little bit with this division. You know, I I think this is a team that a lot of people thought. You know, Derek Carr, he was kind of the missing piece here. Like this team just needed a you know somewhat stable quarterback, and Derek Carr kind of put the bill there, but. You know he he hasn't really been playing the best, uh, his best brand of football here. You know there's been some, you know, kind of uh, uh, scuffles I guess or misgivings between him and like Olave. You know the top wideouts and yeah the the just the makeup of this team just doesn't feel right at the moment. So and they've lost two in a row. You know against the Vikings and the Falcons. Um, you know that being said, like hey now you know going to the Lions side the, the Lions have fared well on the road. You know they've, they're four to one on the road, while the Saints. You know this is going to be playing in uh, New Orleans. Saints are just two and two. You know, and for uh, a team that's supposed to kind of run away with, with the division, like you know, yeah, being two and two at home. It, you know, at this uh, stage of the season, not the greatest there. So, uh, Saints. I think this will be the key thing here. Saints have a bottom half run defense. You know, and that really favors this Lions team that really you know wants to run it down through your throat, and that really sets up play action. You know, for uh, Jared Goff and and getting the, the ball out there so I think that's something to keep an eye out on, on you know and this this Saints secondary though they're elite like they're playing really well you know we can talk about Honey Badger but uh you know Monty Taylor like this this secondary is really talented uh I believe that they're like uh, one of the top teams in the league uh, with regards to interceptions I think they're second here so uh, you know that's something to keep an eye on, and for sure, is this Saints team if they can get the you know a turnover, an interception here and there, make Jared Goff uh, a passer, kind of stop the run game, you know, concentrate on the run game a little bit. There, they can certainly you know turn out in this game, and, and, and that can be a recipe for victory for them. And obviously, you know, moving the ball as much as possible. So, all that being said, I think the Lions are just mad. <laughs> I think you know with uh, Ben Johnson, Dan Campbell, I think. You know good coaching, and this is where coaching kind of matters is after a loss like that, it's like, all right, how do we bounce back and you know, I think they can get a bounce back victory here on the road. uh, Lions are four point favorites on the road here. I'm just gonna pick the money line here, uh but yeah, favoring the lions having them winning there uh in New Orleans. yeah, I think you make a good point with
0: the Saints rush defense and what the lions do best, and it's like. They just need to emphasize that to the nth degree this week, especially after, you know, Goff's fumbles and miscues, you know, last week. And then he had the three picks, the one prior. It's like, let's just cool down. I mean, I've actually liked Jared Goff throughout this whole year. And these last two weeks, he's really looked incredibly, you know, pedestrian, foolish. He kind of gives us, you know, reminders of when he was on the Rams and struggling. And it's like, it's kind of cringe, man. It's kind of cringe to watch because you just, you don't like to see a guy who's I think a really high character guy, a good leader, um, a really good game manager kind of fall back into maybe some of his old habits or old, you know, um, you know, shortcomings and things. So I think as long as they emphasize that run, really take advantage of that, slow the game down, drain clock, you know, rely on the fact that they have a much better roster. They do have a tick better defense as well. It's just like, just cool it down. Cause the last thing you need is golf to kind of force the issue um, maybe he's got an errand throw here, erratic throw there, and you've got Honey Badger back there, you know, ga-, ga you know, gobbling up a couple more picks or something like that. Like that's not the game they want to play this weekend. So, and everything you said about the Saints, like I want to give them a big you know, a big home victory here. I want to get them, you know, back to even, back at the top of the NFC South. But it's just too hard for me to do, especially with, you know, how they've played over the last few weeks and this whole year has just felt like very, very middling type, you know, performances from them and um, I just, I don't know what their identity is. I don't know who they are as a football team. I don't know like what David, David, you know, Derek Carr is, you know, these days. I mean, I feel like even in his prime, it was like, well, he, he's got the numbers, but it never really translated to, you know, playoff, playoff victories, things of that nature. Um, Olave, you know, is he, is he going to be able to play this weekend? Just, you know, coming off a concussion? Like that's a, that's going to be a huge loss for them, especially how you know productive he's been. Um, so for them, it would have to be the Alvin Kamara show again. It's like, you know, I don't know. It, it just feels like uh, whoever comes out of the NFC South this year, um, it's probably going to be like one of those kind of punchline type type teams where they're below five hundred and people are just like, well, welcome to the you know, welcome to the dance, and you'll be a first round exit, something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I do have like a bet uh, from the beginning of this season because uh, you know. I was looking at this uh this NFC South. It's like yeah, anybody could win it and I, I think I picked the the Bucks, you know, kind of as a, you know, a side bet here just like a low amount there cuz the odds are pretty good for them to or or the 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 payout was going to be good. It was like 4 4x four or something like that. So, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, anybody can still win this division. I think uh the I think believe it's the Falcons are ahead right now uh last time I checked. So, uh but yeah, it's like anybody can still win this and I think it's going to go probably till you know, the last week of the season with regards to whoever kind of, you know, takes the, that one playoff spot and, you know, who knows what can happen in the playoffs, but yeah, whoever kind of comes in, they're going to have a lot of question marks. It's definitely going to be one of those, wait, do you belong here? Like, do you seriously belong here? Uh, Maybe not, but I don't know. That's, that's the NFL. That's how things are structured here. And yeah, kind of disappointing with how the Saints have been playing and, you know, David, David Carr's turnout here. Cause you know, yeah, this is a, yeah, you know, on paper at least a talented team, but they just haven't played that way, you know. So, yeah. Uh the Lions though, yeah, I think they get a bounce back win here for sure.
0: Yeah. With all of this it just makes me, you know, reminded of the fact that, you know, we should really in pro sports just blow up all these divisions. What's the point? <laughs> There's no point just reward the top 7 teams from every conference. Like, I get it if you want to represent teams from different regions and you know maybe teams that are more small market getting an opportunity to to play inside the, you know, the playoff system and things like that. But I feel like there's a lot of parity across the pro sports now where, you know, just the way that, uh, you know, payrolls are structured and, you know, revenue sharing goes and luxury taxes go. It's like, there's chances for everybody to make it in. Like, let's just get the best teams in there.
1: Yeah. And I get it. It's like this balance, I think, between, you know, trying to develop uh, rivalries, right. You know, the, the whole idea of divisional rivals and stuff, but it's like, I think at this time now, you know, it's been like a hundred years of football and stuff. It's like, all right, I think some rivalries have been established, and maybe we can continue on with some of those. But then, you know, from a playoff standpoint, yeah, let's let's see which teams have had the most victories, and you know, yeah, let's 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 have that play in as a factor. Um, and then, yeah, maybe there's like one or two teams out there that the you know, a certain team can just play like on a continual basis and kind of keep the rivalry like, you know, Bears, Packers, right? Something like that. So, uh, you know, it's like, yeah. And, and then going between, I think, AFC, NFC thing uh, teams a little bit more, I think that could be interesting as well. So, yeah, just something to think about out there. But yeah, you know, like from a quality standpoint, uh, whoever comes out <laughs> of this division is going to be, you know, blood in their eyes uh, and, and you know, ha- have a makeshift uh, type of, you know, team, I feel like compared to some other ones and yeah, just, just a lot of disappointment in terms of overall quality football, but I get it. It's business. And I think that's what their whole thing is to just trying to get, you know, some regional representation out there. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think all us football fans just want good football. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Fair points. And our last <laughs> one, we've got the San Francisco 49ers going on the road to take on the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Hey, this is this is it. This is it, right? Uh, I mean the fun part is, right? The 49ers are favored. They're favored by two and a half points here. And like, how many teams? How many teams, you know, this late in the season, right? Uh the Eagles, what? Like, I think they're 10 and 1. Uh like an underdog? Like, who, who would think, right? At home. But the way that the 49ers have been playing, and then yeah, compared to how the Eagles, they just been like, you know, playing from behind, doing comeback victories and stuff. Whereas, yeah, the 49ers, they've been dominant since they got Chase Young. Like that defense has just been killing quarterbacks and, you know, getting that pass rush. So this is definitely a tough 49ers team. And then, yeah, they're they're going to be healthy too, you know, or as healthy as any team. I think, you know, uh, uh, in the NFL right now, obviously, you know, they lost to right out there in the defense on, on the defensive secondary, but. They still have, you know, they have Debo Samuel and uh and we, think we were talking about before, how, you know, during that three game losing streak, how Brock Purdy just was not himself without Debo Samuel and then, you know, Trent Williams and everything like having that talent around around Brock Purdy, it just makes things a lot easier for him. And they're definitely going to need that against, you know, a really solid defense uh, for the Eagles. Right. With that pass rush, with that line, Jalen Carter. You know, he I think he's kind of cemented rookie of the year. You know, I think the Vegas odds are very much in his favor. Uh they're you know, maybe not as much of like, you know, CJ Stroud winning offensive rookie of the year. I think CJ Stroud pretty much has that, you know, uh taken up right now. So especially when, you know, Arthur Smith isn't giving Bijan Robinson the ball and you know getting him touchdowns there. So but yeah, uh Jalen Hurts, he's been a leader, he's been an MVP. He's led a lot of these comeback victories for the Eagles. Uh, I'm gonna take the Eagles winning here. I'm gonna take the Eagles winning here. I'm also gonna say, but I'm gonna bet though the Eagles cover this. And I have a parlay. I have a parlay. You can check it out on the Sharps app. I have it out there. Go follow me and everything. Uh, you know, so go definitely go check that out. But I have the Eagles at least covering this. You know, I think they uh they'll they'll definitely sneak in that victory there. But yeah, I think they cover that two and a half spread. Gonna be a great game. I think my fact my key factor here a little bit is that is Lane Johnson, right? I think that was like, all right, if Lane Johnson wasn't playing, and he definitely seems like he's going to be playing. I think he missed last game. Maybe it was due to an illness, you know, whatever virus was kind of running around. But yeah, Lane Johnson, you know, he's going to be coming back. Uh, they're going to need him, yeah, right? Against like Bosa or, you know, Chase, whoever gets there, they're definitely going to need him there. So I feel good about having him, uh, you know, covering that right side of the offense. And then, yeah, Jalen Hurts. If he can continue to play on that MVP level, you know, keep the keep the ball, uh, you know, get it to AJ Brown, Devontae Smith a little bit, you know, have that run game. Uh, they're definitely going to have to have that balance, uh, you know, somewhat of a balanced offensive attack. I think to win this. So, but yeah, with that offensive line, I think a lot of good things can happen for them. So taking the Eagles with the W here, underdog. Come on, ten and one. Let's go, Eagles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Man, they've been like, yeah, the cardiac kids like all year with these comeback wins, these tight matchups and you name it, great opponents, inferior opponents. Like they've just been playing some, some really, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't even know the word to put it. It's just like every game feels like you're on the edge of your seat, like waiting for them to drop one and they just don't. Um, but I think overall, when I look at San Francisco, I mean, coming off a week where they had six sacks. 12 QB hits, um, some fumble recoveries. It's just like, man, this this team, and that's just the defense, you know? And then you look at the offensive side, and it's like, everyone's healthy. They've just got a stacked wide receiving crew. They've got Christian McCaffrey, who, who could probably be MVP this year. I mean, honestly, with a, like a, a batch of quarterbacks that have been, you know, the stars haven't performed to star levels. The mediocre quarterbacks are making, you know, much bigger strides this year. It's just like a very different type of year. Uh, in NFL football, but CMC has been that one consistent where he's gonna get all the ground yards he needs. He's gonna get stuff through the air. And he's just you can't you can't guard him. You can't you can't guard him. Like he's he's just a you know he's just a twitchy uh you know he's a menace out there. So I, I just feel like Philly at some point, like they just I just can't see them continually winning these games. And I've I've picked the other team so many weeks in a row now where I feel like I just need to continue to double down against the Eagles. And <laughs> it's funny because I've actually, I've always liked the Eagles. I've always like had a, you know, soft spot for them, especially with, you know, Hertz and the, the whole team. And um, this will definitely be a game. I mean, this is the NFC conference championship right here. I don't think Dallas is in the same league as these two, to be honest with you. Like they've had a great year, but in the same sense, it's like, I think when push comes to shove and, you know, the the chips are at the center, I feel like these are the two teams that have the most, you know, fortitude. They have the most confidence. Uh, they have the most talent in my opinion. Um, totally looking forward to this matchup, completely surprised that the Eagles are underdogs at home, uh, especially being, you know, a first place team, but Hey man, if there's one team that I think they're maybe going to have to play chase with this year, um, this is the San Francisco 49ers, man. I think I'm getting to that point where if they stay healthy, I mean they're they're my favorites to win the Super Bowl at this point. I mean, my team kind of dropped out um due to a Burrow injury and had Sam Fran taking them on in the Super Bowl, but at this point it's like man, they just play their
1: game. Uh I don't think anyone can stop them, man, seriously. I mean, I, I mean, I I've said this is yeah, the, the 49ers best roster I think in football when you you know go through the line of uh, from you know quarterback to fullbacks to uh you know return men or whatever like just a stack roster overall so uh but yeah you know this Eagles team they're pretty stacked too uh you know and yeah it it'll be interesting and yeah to the point with regards to the cowboys right uh they apparently they need home field advantage because they can score 40 points against some of these teams here, but that's just probably not going to be happen happening here. It was just the way that these two teams are playing. So we'll see though. But yeah, you know, uh, Eagles. I don't know. Like, I I think at least Vegas had uh, Patrick Mahomes as the leader for MVP. I think until like last week, I believe. So it'll be interesting to see how you know now Jalen Hurts is right. I think after last week and leading them that comeback, you know, against the Bills, which both of us right, we both picked. I think the Bills to win that game against the Eagles. And yeah, the Eagles just pulled it off there. So I know, I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) It was so close, man.
0: And I do like, I like the Bills a lot, you know, So I'm like watching that game. And I like the Eagles too, but I just like, yeah, I was feeling like good about the Bills going in there, getting a huge win for themselves. And man, just again and again and again, like they're on the opposite end of the luck. Um in this year's uh you know football uh, exactly. season so far yep. yeah
1: yeah, yeah, no, and I don't know yeah it's it's just one of those things i I feel like we yeah, have with the bills, it's like you know you can only be in contention so much, and maybe the the Bengals are feeling that a little bit, albeit you know, they lost the quarterback, but I think the the football gods, but you know they have a sense of humor to these things, it's like, okay, uh, you know, Bengals yeah, you were in purgatory, and then now yeah you're, you you got a you know a generational type of quarterback and you know, one of the best wide receivers we've seen of recent years, a Chase. So it's like, yeah, you're just gonna have to lose your lose your quarterback for a year. You know, it's it's happened to Tom Brady and the Patriots before too. So you know, these things just happen. And yeah, the football got, football gods are just not in their favor uh, this season. And then yes, yeah, similar thing I think with the Bills at the moment. So we'll see if they're you know able to make it to the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, these two teams though, it'll definitely be a battle. I think. Great game. I'm, you know, going just, just. It's hard for me just to pick out a straight out winner, pick out a money line, but yeah, the Eagles got them covering, getting that dub. It, it it'll be an awesome game, though. I, I I mean, this definitely, I it has the makings of the of a Super Bowl. I feel like more so of you know compared to I think any of the teams that are coming out of the AFC at the moment. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think if these two teams were. Independent of any
0: conferences, I think everybody would love to see them go at it in the Super Bowl this year. Um, well, I guess that's a wrap for our weekly matchup coverage. Uh, if you're still with us, subscribe here on YouTube. Um, you know, rate review us anywhere that you may be listening. Follow us on Instagram at Ball and Breakfast. Check out the Sharps app. Wayne's putting up his parlay. Uh, Wayne, what's your what's your actual handle on there so people can find you?
1: Yeah. It is it is like my full name so Wayne Pua W A Y N E P U A so uh yeah definitely follow follow me you know give me a you know uh I think give me like a fade I think is what they call it. I'm still trying to like get <laughs> acclimated to all of these uh, all of these you know terminologies and everything here on the Sharp's app but yeah hit me up let me know what you think about my bets. uh at, you know bet responsibly for sure uh, but yeah definitely check it out. And support the podcast uh, link in the description. You know to support the podcast there. So, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, definitely going to be an exciting week of football for sure.
0: Yeah, and then before we close on football, I had one question based on what I saw around the the social media universe regarding our Chicago Bears. Uh, you know, I posed a question to you know a friend of ours in the DM section of Ball and Breakfast on Instagram but essentially the picture that was circulating around social media was a verified tweet of an NFL source saying that president and ceo of the bears kevin warren may be looking to move on from eberflus and polls you know after this season concludes now Wayne i think my question for you we've talked to eberflus enough like we've we've talked about what we think i don't know how much we want to get into him but when i looked at and polls that was the one thing that stood out to me. And I want to know
1: how you feel about that. I have mixed feelings about polls, like up to this point. Right. So he's definitely done a lot of good. And Hey, you know, no GM has a perfect record, you know, John Lynch, you know, doesn't have a perfect record, you know, got Trey Lance traded up for him. Right. You know, big mistake, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, no, no, no GM has a perfect record. But you got to hit on the coach. I think that's my biggest thing. Iberflus. If Eberflus has to go, I almost kind of see that as warranted as Ryan Pulis has to go. You know, so I'm I'm kind of with it. That being said, if I had to like gauge who's you know went away more responsible for everything here, it's Iberflus. It's they 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 didn't really have that veteran coach. I think has been my my biggest thing, and I think that's more so on that might be on Iberflus more so of. Maybe Ryan Poles, and I don't know the interactions that, that were to be had there, but, you know, Eberflus uh, should have gotten some sort of veteran offensive coordinator so he can concentrate more on the defensive side, you know, more on the morale and dealing with all the personalities. I think that was the biggest biggest thing. Getze sucks. Worst <laughs> offensive coordinator in the NFL. Like, did we, did we not watch this Monday night football game? against the vikings pathetic you know i i thought i was looking at john shoop do we all remember john shoop <laughs> uh, bears fans with all the screens that were be having like with the
0: screen pass yeah this, yeah
1: <laughs> like the screen is like the greatest thing ever like like come on you know you got to have a better game plan than a screen pass like how is that like uh a third of our passes stupid in a modern day nfl like No wonder Mooney is pissed. Like (laughs) He's like, you're going to go to screen pass to Cole Komet, our tight end, who's like 270. He doesn't run a 4-4, 4-3, like, out of all the players. Like, come on. So, guess he has to go. I mean, it's a whole mess. It is a whole mess. And I'm definitely not in favor of, like, just completely shuffling offensive court. Like, this this has been so bad for Justin Fields. This whole lot scenario has been terrible for Justin Fields of not getting the proper coaching staff personnel. And, you know, we talked about this, like, yeah, this is kind of like what the Packers do is they get the coaching staff in place. They get, you know, veteran quarterback, veteran presence in there, people that know what they're doing and then get young talent to kind of, you know, learn from them. Justin Fields has said nothing, nothing like Andy Dalton. I think like that's like the most, you know, senior type of, uh, a uh, person or personnel that's been in a position uh, for an extended period of time, right? He was a, he, he was the senior quarterback, but the rest of the, of the you know, NFL coach, the head coach, the offensive coordinator, right? They're all just noobs. They're all just kind of figuring things out. Like you need a little bit of continuity. So to answer your questions, like, I mean, kind of, you know, polls, he, he kind of trusted Eberflus and Eberflus has been stupid to be honest. It's stupid. So like, and that goes to polls, like, great. You got the first pick, you know, who, and I, I, I mean, it'd be nice to know kind of how that interaction happened with the Carolina Panthers. Who's like, man, we fleeced you, but like, you know, the if it, Panthers had to have had some say in that trade, obviously, you know, they did it getting rid of their top wide receiver, getting rid of, you know, the top pick in this coming year's draft and not having the support for Bryce Young. So, great. They're idiots too. But, you know, we got, we got to look at our organization, uh, what Ryan Poles has done. Great. You got some great trades there. You know, uh, the Montez Sweat deal looking pretty good, in my opinion. I know a lot of people are kind of comparing with the Chase Young deal, but it's kind of one of those things, honestly, where, you know, Chase Young, uh, you know, he might not be there. He might not re-sign there with uh, the 49ers, So it's kind of a rental type of third rounder, and maybe that's where a lot of uh, teams kind of you know they didn't like that production from Chase Young. I get all that, right? But yeah, made some bad mistakes on the on the head coaching. You got to land the head coach. You got to you got to have a coach that has a plan of getting veteran coordinators in there, veteran coaches in there, because right now they're just all a bunch of noobs making noob mistakes and. We've seen that, especially for developing this franchise, quote-unquote, right, quarterback. Now we're trying to have to figure out, right? It's like, you know, do we get Kale uh, uh, Williams? I know there's a lot of talk about that. And, yeah, I don't know. All that, kind of all the, everything, you know, I know, you know, we, we can make what we want about The Apprentice and uh, the person that was heading up The Apprentice. But if you ever watched The Apprentice, right, you remember it didn't matter if, You know the lower tier person. You screwed up here and there as much as if the head project manager of whatever mission was happening there. You know if he wasn't overseeing that, if he wasn't questioning, if he if he wasn't asking the detailed questions. And that's where it comes to Ryan Pauls. So to me, Ryan Pauls, you're fired. Honestly, like this is it. You're fired because you did not get the right head coach. You did not ask the right questions. You did not get. A game plan for the coach to make the proper decisions and personnel and hiring Luke Getze, who's been the fucking worst, the fucking worst <laughs> offensive coordinator in Bears history.
0: <laughs> Man, I, I, I gotta stand up and like maybe give you an applause for that whole rant. That's that's amazing. Uh more than I bargained for when asking you that question. Man, I mean, I'm I'm totally with you. Like these two years, uh, you know. With these two at the helm, like, they've been pretty ugly. Um, You haven't seen any of the progressions. You don't really feel any sort of confidence or bright lights, you know, in the distance for Justin Fields as a member of the Bears. Um, I guess all that being said, like, when I think of giving out grades, I mean, for sure would give the coaching staff, you know, Ds to Fs uh, down the board for each one of them. When it comes to polls, I am, like, super conflicted because – I mean, for me, there's been some positives and some negatives there. I mean, the trade from last year was amazing. I feel like, you know, s- some things have worked out. The Claypool thing definitely was a failure. But, you know, I, I think that's a slip up that, you know, he can he can kind of see, you know, with two eyes wide open kind of make sure he doesn't make those kinds of mistakes again. I hope he learns from that kind of situation. You know, the sweat deal, did I love it at first? No, because I wasn't sure that we would be able to retain him, extend him, and then we are also giving up another second for a guy that we just, we're just not sure if he's going to be a bear long-term. Luckily, we locked him up. He's been playing great, and that speaks well to what polls went out and tried to do. Um, I'm still one that will probably harp on this Jalen Carter thing for as long as, you know, time could possibly, you know, play out here. I just feel like with what happened, you know, in the first few rounds total in the way that they drafted in last year's draft, that had a ripple effect for the rest of our you know our draft last year and and that matters because you look at what we did in the second third rounds, we look at the defensive players we drafted they've been huge busts i mean I'm glad that darnell Wright's showing that he is you know worth his weight and gold. I think he'll be you know a solid you know tackle in this game he'll continue to do you know the things that he you know, does best. And I think he'll be an anchor for our line moving forward. Would I have loved to have a game-breaking defensive tackle, uh, you know, right, right in the middle of that line for years and years to come and then supplement those second, third rounds with just the best player available. And there were some linemen still on the board in the second, third round where I've been totally comfortable grabbing them. Um, But, you know, there, there's a couple. So I'm giving you some pros. I'm giving you some cons there. I think the thing that I walk away with is, yeah, this has been... Like utter failure up to this point. Um, but this guy comes from you know a really respected organization with you know the Chiefs and what they've done. You know, he brings over Ian Cunningham from the Eagles. He's got that intelligence there. They're they're only finishing up year two here. I feel like to pull the plug on somebody in year two to rebuild like one of the worst teams in football, that's a huge ask. I mean I'm wondering what output would have ha- had to happen to this point to make us feel like a little bit more confident about that. I mean, I definitely see those coaching flaws. The performance on the field is pretty, you know, worthy. I'm super happy the defense, you know, starting to look like a real unit out there. I mean, they're starting to look you know, pretty scary, pretty, pretty imposing. And that's only going to get better. I think with some, some more roster additions and some time for some of the youngsters, but you know, on the offensive side, that's where you want to see more of that progression as we get, you know, into year three of Justin Fields here, year two of this, you know, this whole core, um, as far as the executive staff, coaching staff goes. But, you know, it's definitely fallen up short in that sense. Um, I think for me, it's next year. Next year for me, this offseason, the way that, you know, this whole, uh, you know, this year finishes up, looking at our draft, looking at what we do with those offseason dollars, and then what goes on, you know, in that first half, you know, through the second half of next year is where I'm going to have a much more clear view on, on who we are, who polls is. I'm hoping we have a new coaching staff at that point, starting with the head coach on down, but it's hard to know. I just feel, yeah, there is a part of me that's like curious, you know, it's like, man, I would hate to cut this guy off when I still have that little, you know, that little, uh, <laughs> that little bit of curiosity of like, Hey, we brought this guy in here for a reason. He was really respected around the league. Like, let's give him one more chance here. That's just, I guess, where I'm coming from.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I guess my question is, would there be a scenario where we keep Ryan Poles, but then get rid of, you know, or ask him, hey, you know, we'll keep you. We like some of your decisions. Were you perfect? No. But you made a terrible head coaching decision. You made, you know, and he got a terrible offensive coordinator uh can you do better like get a veteran <laughs> you know uh head coach or veteran offensive coordinator to help develop Justin Fields more like let's yeah get Marvin Harrison <laughs> Jr let's uh get a you know O Fashanu or you know maybe a defensive end or something if we want to trade back you know whatever right in and the, and the draft and then maybe get you know a few missing pieces here and there great yeah but you need to get rid of a head coach like would you does that sound good to you, you think? Or do you feel good with keeping some continuity for Justin Fields and his development with, you know, Matt Iverflus with Getsy and his scheming? Or, you know, do, maybe do you want to get a change in there?
0: Definitely, definitely want wholesale changes when it comes to the coaching staff. I'm, I'm completely on board with you there. I mean, I feel like, you know, Kevin Warren has floated the, you know, the Jim Harbaugh situation maybe Kevin Warren steps in, makes that coaching decision. Maybe he's that last say at the table. You know, maybe it's a group exercise of how do we, how do we make this work? And, uh, you know, when I think about who would be the replacement GM, who would be the head coach? Like if Jim Harbaugh happens to go elsewhere or stays at Michigan for some reason, I'm really like critically trying to think of like, what kind of coach do we bring in here? What is that name? Who does that end up being? in? You know, if we go the GM route, are we just plucking, you know, another assistant GM from a top, you know, team this year and hoping, you know, he's what we thought polls would be in a lot of situations? Like it's hard to know. I mean, at least when it comes to the next coach, if it doesn't happen to be Harbaugh, which I think we've we've discussed last week about how much we would uh, you know, uh bang on the table for a guy like that. Um, to me, I mean, I I think you've gotta look at, you know, what what Philly's been doing with Hertz. You know, I can't say there's a lot of guys from Baltimore I'd love to pull just like on Lamar Jackson, because I feel like over his, you know, tenure there, it's been a bit mixed. I don't know if it's like due to the coaching staff or whatever else, but like, you know, you look at what Steichen's been able to do, um, you know, over in Indy and Gannon out in Arizona early on in the year, I felt like he was showing some signs of you know kind of being able to you know create a roster and create um continuity there guys that want to play you know to win i feel like you got to find somebody who can you know, really scheme for the type of quarterback that Justin Fields is at this point an offensive mind um and just and just try to get this thing figured out i mean we've just you look at the history of bears head coaches and it's just hire after hire i think we all sit here and we like scratch our heads about like what the hell were they thinking like he pulled somebody from the CFL, like he pulled somebody, you know, uh, who you know, kind of seemed over the hill and a guy like John Fox. Like there's just a lot of things like over the course in time where it's like, where did you find these guys like Dick Juron, and like <laughs> just, just others. It's just every, every single hire is like who like Eber like, you know, which country is he from? I've never heard of this guy, you know, like it's just, can we just pick the next best, best guy in line for offense? Like, Find that next best offensive coordinator and
1: get him. I mean, I a hundred percent agree. Like, you know, do we remember? I mean, like, even the just this past uh head coaching, like Eberflus, right? Like, do we contact Doug Peterson at all? Like the Super Bowl winning uh, you know, head coach there. And, you know, we I, I think I made a comment of like, look what they're doing with the Jaguars, look what they're doing also too with the Texans. But yeah, I mean maybe more specifically the Jaguars there just Having uh, a coach who has a history of winning, uh, who won a Super Bowl with Nick Folk, right? You know, and, and yeah, having like their GMs doing a tremendous job with that roster. Like they're starting to develop to be like a, you know, a uh, 49ers light or like an Eagles light just to the complete roster. I think they're very talented. They're making a lot of great moves. You know, they're shoring up the defensive line and, you know, I think in this NFL, a lot of people have said, right, and this is kind of what's been happening. You need that st- that uh, you know, an edge rusher or some sort of defensive line disruptor. You need a secondary person, you know, whether it be uh you know Ed Retype or some sort of shutdown cornerback, right? Uh, and then you also need uh a quarterback, obviously, and then you know, at least like one one person to throw to, right? And and that's kind of like the major staple things, I think that you need for this modern day, uh, NFL, you know, and, yeah, it definitely helps for offensive line and such as well. And scheming, et cetera. So I don't know. It's like, I mean, I know as NFL fans, we, we think it's kind of easy, right? <laughs> like don't, cha- don't trade for ch- Chase Claypool, you know, get a maybe more veteran type of head coach in this situation, you know, that isn't like a John Fox type of hire. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I think there's just a lot of, a lot of just bad feelings, bad juju that the Bears have been feeling of late, and man, you know, I I think we're kind of we are kind of you know looking for the next the next thing. But at least like you know, if we were to compare ourselves to you know one of our divisional rivals, right, with the Lions, right, they had some momentum coming in with Dan Campbell. They had that you know kind of good feel, even when they were like one in uh, I think they were like one in fifteen, like was it three seasons ago or something like that. There was some good juju there, uh, just with the feel that they had from the coach and. You know, that really kind of set the tone, set the culture. Like, just, we need somebody like that Dan Campbell, maybe a former NFL player, right, that kind of talk, can talk the talk a little bit, a walk the walk, like D'Amico Ryans has been doing over there with the Texans. Like, something like that would be great, you know? But, yeah, I don't know. Just, yeah, something like that would be good, I think. Like, what would happen if, I don't know, like Owen Kroets, right? Like, if we get Owen Kroets out there, <laughs> you know, as opposed to this... T V personality, radio personality, right? Like maybe let's put him in the, you know, I don't know if the head coaching spot is the right fit, but yeah, maybe some sort of coaching spot in there, right? I feel like, yeah, we we need some some more like people that have played the game in there and you know, Arosa Brainiacs, a little bit of a mixture of both there. I think that could do wonders, I think, to the, the Bears culture and I don't know, yeah, elevate us more because yeah, I do not like this carousel of just bouncing from GM to head coach, you know, and offensive coordinator. it's like, how is any quarterback supposed to develop, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, after watching Jeff Saturday, pick up the clipboard, you know, last year, I, I probably caution on the recruits higher, unless he's like running the <laughs> offensive line
1: or something like that. Right, but you're right. right. I mean,
0: I think like Antonio Pierce has definitely had success in coming in like a Dan Campbell and being that voice of reason, just leveling with guys in the locker room and like pushing guys on a personal level. And I think guys, you don't like that. I think maybe that's something that's going to work more with a with a veteran type team. I I really don't know. I don't think there's a perfect uh, answer for it. To be honest with you, I mean, I feel like Byron Leftwich's name has been thrown out there, you know, over the years. I mean, the Bucks aren't you know tearing it up or anything of that you know kind of nature. But the fact that he's been you know working in that system in Tampa for a while, understood what it took for Brady to win a Super Bowl, has been in the talks to be you know hired as a coach a guy who's played quarterback, you know, African-American could level with, you know, fields. And I, I just feel like that could be a guy that people buy into, um, you know, coming into our organization. I think that like that would create probably some good synergies there. Like truly I, I, you know, could we take one of the brainiacs that fall underneath like the Shanahan McVeigh, uh, you name it, trees, Kevin O'Connell, Zach Taylor, like these other guys, like possibly, but that doesn't always hit either. So, I just, yeah, I want a guy who's just, he, he's, he's hes crafted a similar quarterback style as a Justin Fields. When we look at guys like Anthony Richardson, Hurts, you know, we've talked about this. It's just, let's pick the next guy in line. The guy who everybody is out there seeking, you know, seeking for them to be that next coach for their team. Like, you know, there's probably gonna be a lot of vacancies after this season. I just want to know, like, we're we're going after the top guys on the board.
1: Yeah. Are there any top uh you know coordinators or uh former head coaches that you're maybe eyeing in that kind of fit the bill here? You know, I think you know, I've tossed the the name of Bobby Sloak in there a little bit, uh has, you know, uh that Kyle Shanahan pedigree there. He was uh I think he was an assistant uh for the offensive side I forget which one exactly, but for uh the, you know, during his time in the 49ers. and then yeah, now he's developed uh cj stroud you know that that offense looks amazing right and you know we've spoken before like you know that that team like that roster didn't have too much like at least it felt like it didn't have too much right but you know yeah they added you know tink dell and then obviously cj stroud like they're i think they're out you know outperforming what a lot of expectations that were kind of bestowed for them at the beginning of the season and you know i think a lot of that has to do with Bobby Slok and what he's able to do there. So, I would be in favor of somebody like that, you know. Would it be ideally that de- you know, nice to have somebody a little, bit, a little bit more offensive coordinator uh uh you know, pedigree and then just one season? Yes. But I mean, I don't know. This it, that that's like just a great, you know, uh thing he's been able to kind of manufacture over there. Um but yeah, I I I I digress. Did you have any candidate that you were you were looking at?
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked to our boss, I think Byron Lefwich is another guy we should probably just have an interview with, like really get to know. Um, Brian Johnson, offensive coordinator from Philly. And we've talked about even Ben Johnson, offensive Mm -hmm. coordinator from Detroit. I think he's gotten a lot of um, praise across, you know, football in general. Um, But again, I'm open to seeing if there are coordinators out there that have been established. Offense, primarily, I would say. But if there's a defensive coordinator that's obviously whipping up, you know, the type of schemes that, you know, make your mouth water and stuff like that has proven his performance over time. Like, look at some of these better performing organizations, ones that are set up similar to the structure that we have and just say, like, hey, I think you're, you know, obviously the next guy in line here. Like, let's give you a shot. But yeah, my short list, those are some of the names that I would probably go with and probably have Harbaugh at the top of my list
1: yeah i mean harbaugh number one uh yeah you know left which I, I i definitely have a little bit mixed feelings with him like i i think i initially was very like adamant about him but then i think there was just this, this whole idea like once brady left that team it was like you know they they didn't do too much compared to like when he was there so you know how much of that was him versus you know uh uh just kind of brady being brady there right um you know, I know the other name that's been tossed around right, Eric bien although we'll see what happens over there with the commanders. But it's like, how many predicted on their, you know, the cards that Sam Howell, I know he leads the league in interceptions, I believe, right? And, but, you know, he also leads the league in passing yards. So, you know, hey, that that's something I feel like. And you know, I think a lot of people, they feel a lot more optimistic with Sam Howell as the quarterback for the commanders, at least, you know, maybe for the next year or two. So. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there's got to be some, I think, flowers given towards Eric Biennemi's way over there. It's just, you know, Ron Rivera. And then, you know, the defense has underperformed too. So I think all those things kind of had uh, kind of stopped the, the commanders from being successful at the moment. So, but yeah, I think offensively, they've, you know, yeah, maybe have outperformed a little bit here and there, but I don't know. So yeah, just another name there, but I'm definitely all on board if Jim Harbaugh uh, kind of says like, hey, I'm ready for the NFL. Uh, Michigan and this whole NCAA thing is ridiculous, and I just want to make money. You know, uh, be part of a great crowd, greater. You know, uh, an organization that I was part of. You know, as a quarterback, and I don't know that that would be awesome. I think awesome story, awesome for Harbaugh too. I think, and obviously awesome for the Bears and Justin Fields too.
0: Yeah, I think the enemy is a great. Um, name to throw out there as well. I mean, I feel like when he was hired in Washington, he was kind of like placing that pressure. He's like the second man in charge, like almost, you know, Rivera, you better turn this around or that's your replacement right there. So I could definitely see him <clears throat> stepping into the head coach role for Washington. Um, based on the fact that I think Rivera, um, after Del Rio has been um you know fired as well. I think like he's he's probably gonna get canned after this one too. But uh hey, the connection to polls there, you know, Kansas City, like that'd be that'd be some familiar territory for both sides. And that might be a great, a great partnership. Um, there's another guy in Kansas city named um, Matt Nagy, who's had some good, te- but I'm, I'm just kidding. I just kidding. Um, anyways, <laughs> that's my short list of coaches. Uh, Lane, I, I think, I think we've hit this one on the head. Um, definitely <laughs> glad to get your perspective on polls versus zebra flus and just, you know, the accountability factor here who may or may not get fired, but uh, folks, you know, tell us what you think in the comment section. We'd love to hear what you think about polls, Eberflus, the Bears, you know, coaching decisions, roster decisions, like whatever it is. Leave us a comment here. Um, subscribe, like if you're still with us. And uh, we're going to close it out on a couple of uh, final thoughts here. And Wayne,
1: you know, feel free to kick it off. Man, Berber, it is cold in here. Like, I don't know. I've been freezing. I, I don't think I've stepped outside. Uh, Except really to get packages. (laughs) That's about it. But I don't think I ever stepped outside the past couple of days because it's been freezing here in Chicago. So, um, you know, had some nice hot chocolate. Uh, And then, you know, hey, Thanksgiving just passed as well. And I have a bunch of turkey in my fridge. Um, Curious Pat. Curious Pat. What the hell do you do with all this turkey leftovers? Or in general, you know, maybe... What are some of the you know thanks post-Thanksgiving uh recipes that you might have or you know some favorite dishes of you know post-Thanksgiving uh leftovers that they that, that are in your fridge right now?
0: All right, man. Well, Thanksgiving was last Thursday. Uh know, yeah, I've seen some reels out there about people bring Thanksgiving leftovers in on a Monday. So we're at Tuesday now. I don't know how many more <laughs> days you got left for these leftovers but man if it's still you know not not slimy or still uh you know moist enough you know there's nothing growing on it like what i think you should do and what i did one thanksgiving that was actually amazing it was during the pandemic obviously didn't go to any parties so you know it was just like we're not we're not going out and celebrating you know our traditional thanksgiving nobody's making us food so what do we want to do um we ended up getting turkey. Uh, I want to say it was like, you know, seasoned and kind of prepared through the grocery store. But what we ended up doing was like kind of pulling it out. So I'm sure you could like just pull, you know, your your turkey in general. I would get a pan out, olive oil, Italian seasoning, maybe a little vinegar, like throw a bunch of that turkey on the, you know, on the pan itself, like get it, get it nice and warm, uh, maybe a little toast on each side, like a little browned, and then uh, get like a baguette and just like, you know, put it, get that, get that turkey ready. I would toss like a couple of slices of provolone on there and just like, let it melt. Like you can even like put a top over the pan itself. If you want to put like a spread on there, like, I don't know if you're like mayo, a mustard, maybe you have a special sauce of some kind that like might really like fuse well to, you know, with that, like that could be a play. I think you could do some sort of uh you know, gravy over the top. You want, maybe add a little stuffing, cranberry, whatever you want to do, but like, hey man, who doesn't love a turkey sandwich? Like, especially if it's hot, it's like well prepared. You got good bread and maybe do a, a side of whatever you, have, you know, have left. Like maybe you got some mac and cheese, like laying in the fridge or you just want to pull out some chips or something like that. Like, I felt like it was very simple. I think we had like Thanksgiving sides, you know, to go with it. I think we had some potatoes and other stuff, but like, I just remember that being like, hey man, this is almost, uh, this is almost better than, you know, the real thing. And <laughs> I've actually gotten in a lot of trouble uh over on my side cuz of my Thanksgiving rant from a couple of years ago to the point where it's pretty uh pretty nervous eating food over at my family's place cuz they all happen to watch uh all happen to watch the video of me uh talking down on on Thanksgiving food but man no disrespect to my actual family and like any of their prep of it but in general I always felt like, you know, it's just of the food that's out there in the universe, it's probably not, you know, nearing the top of my list.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we definitely have talked down on Thanksgiving food, but <laughs> hey, look, I got a bunch of Thanksgiving food. Maybe uh, no, that 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 all sounds great, you know. And uh, I I think I've been looking at like sandwich recipes. Uh, you know, I mentioned before it is really cold here. I know there's like a, a soup recipe. You know, and put in some uh, yeah, just put in like some chicken broth, or, like in an Instapot or something, and then you know cut up some carrots, celery. You know, what what other good stuff and some spices in there, and yeah, just warm up, you know. But I think one thing, and maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll try to document this on the good old gram. Right. But, you know, I got to I got to do it soon. Maybe I'll, you know, after, after we shoot this pot, maybe I'll like, I'll uh, scamper over to Jewel a little bit near, near me here. But, um, you know, I know you mentioned the, DiGi- I think it was DiGiorno, right? DiGiorno uh, Thanksgiving pizza. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, maybe I'll, you know, get up some dough, some pizza dough or something like that, roll it up and then put it in the oven a little bit. Um, you know? Yeah. And then, Document the whole uh, the whole experience there, but yeah, no, that's all good. I, I I definitely have this like fridge full of turkey still, and I don't know. I feel like it's cold, so I think it's okay. That being said, you know, I'll if I do get food poisoning, uh, you know, uh, I'll probably take it. I do have sick days left, so anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for that. Definitely, you know, send send you know put in the comments section too if there's any uh, Thanksgiving, post Thanksgiving recipes that you have, you know, for Turkey and stuff. Uh, let me know and all that, but all right, cool. Thank you, Pat. Uh, what is your final thought?
0: Well, I guess we're staying on holidays. We're staying on theme here. Uh, we're moving into Christmas season. We might have some people celebrating Hanukkah or other holidays as well. So, um, I think in any case, uh, preparing the tree, getting the tree set up, um, you know, it always, it always wasn't my favorite thing to like do. It wasn't like the thing that I was like dying for or anything like that. But for some reason this year um, I was tasked with like setting up a lot of it and, you know, getting the ornaments on there and like getting it ready. And it was seriously like the day after Thanksgiving, but this year I just had like so much more time. Like I had so much better of a time, like preparing that tree, setting it up. It was pretty therapeutic. It was pretty quiet. And like, I get into the season like I'm not crazy, you know, in terms of like, you know, needing to be all in, you know, festive in this and that, and like spending a ton of money or like receiving gifts. Like it's not, it's not really like that for me when it comes to Christmas. But like, I've always appreciated like finding that unique gift or like giving a gift that like I know the other person's gonna really appreciate. Like it came, you know, uh, with a lot of thought behind it and stuff like that. So I've always appreciated the elements of Christmas um I think it's yeah it's like one of those holidays that probably nearing the top of my list to be honest with you I think like there's just a vibe around it but the tree in particular is nice because I feel like every night that you have it up like you put the lights you know down low you got the the Christmas tree kind of shining kind of gives off that that warmth that that good vibe and stuff and uh the funniest thing about last weekend was I went to my buddy's place to watch some football the day after kind of setting up the tree and getting a lot of our you know, decorations set up around the house and stuff. And like, I went over to his place and the lights were down low over there as well. And he had his Christmas tree up and his Christmas tree was all decorated stuff. And he told me the exact same story that I had basically just told right now, like of how his day before went. So it was kind of funny. We were both like cracking up, talking about Christmas trees and just like how much we appreciate them. <laughs> like, you know, this year, especially like, I don't know, it's just like, there's something maybe about this this year, like, you know, whatever it is, like, maybe it's just my age or something else. Like I'm just appreciating it a lot more, but uh, yeah, Wayne, I don't know. Like, do you, do you have a tree like set up? I mean, how do you feel about Christmas? Are you, are you like the type that really gets into it? Is it just okay for you?
1: Or, you know, tell, tell me your piece. Man, Christmas. So growing up, right. Like, you know, kind of coming in the, the in the Filipino culture, you know, I, I definitely came from like a more, you know, uh, christian type of background so like i you know played musical instruments like trumpet and such and i would actually perform christmas you know carols sing christmas carols in the choir and such so uh you know christmas has kind of been a factor you know throughout my entire life and you know as an adult uh you know i definitely have a little bit of that for sure and then a part of me too is also as an adult i'm like man have i gotten more cynical at the same time a little bit but. I think at the same time, you know, for Christmas, it definitely kind of brings out the more child out of you, right? Where you're you're not as cynical, where you're almost like, yeah, yeah, you have that good the good vibes, the good feel. Um, you know, nothing like ha- you know being cold and then going to like a nice warm fire, or you know, maybe in my case, uh, a nice Netflix uh, fire episode or something. You know, so. Uh, but yeah, you know, I I think I you know as I get older, as you were talking about, it's like, yeah, we I think for me, I i I've becoming I've, I've definitely have appreciated uh, Christmas in this time of year. Um, you know, financially, it's nice too because it's like, oh, I I have the financial means for you to actually like give presents, like good presents, not like, oh, I I can only afford like a five dollar you know Starbucks card for you know your 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 mom and dad, right? You can do a little bit, you know, you have the opportunities to do something a little bit more. So, and that I think is definitely something, you know, I, I like to do for sure, you know, to uh, to my parents, to my my nieces, my, you know, my nieces and soon-to-be nephew as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think you know, I, I get more so in the mood of, yeah, the season of giving. And I, th- I think that is something that is definitely, you know, instrumental. Now, does it have to be a Christmas tree? No, I'm terrible at decorations. Like, I <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, I got I have a red sock. I think that's about it. You know, maybe I'll get some, you know, pajamas with like, uh, I don't know, Frosty Snowman on there or, or Santa Claus or something. I don't know. But yeah, I'm, not, I'm less about the decorations, but yeah, definitely much more for, yeah, the giving, giving back uh, to, you know, show, showing uh, good things to your, to your loved ones, giving charities as well. I think that for me growing up, yeah, maybe it's the whole Christian background of like, you know there's more to christmas than just the presents it's you know the season of giving and love for your loved ones and then you know yeah if you're more on the religious side uh you know things like with jesus christ god etc as well so but yeah for me it's much more about the meeting than it is uh you know all all the other nice trees and uh santa claus and christmas story episode or you know a movie showing up on was a tnt <laughs> or tbs you know for days right
0: yeah no i'm 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 with you um yeah i think we're on the same page here i feel like i'm appreciating more and more now especially because i have a family too and it's like it was fun to see my son like put up ornaments and stuff and get really excited about like actually acknowledging like it's a tree and like this isn't normal and like what is this whole thing so it's kind of like the start of what he's going to experience uh in the next handful of years now and like i get to be a part of that as well so it's like really really cool and everything like that. And it does kind of feel like we're going full circle in a lot of ways too. Like you, like you are saying, you feel like you're a little kid and it's like, yeah, I can kind of start to feel that again, which is like definitely different. Uh, yeah. But it's cool. And yeah, yeah. I hope this, uh, yeah, I hope this season goes well for you. Uh, and we'll just continue on here. I'm sure there's going to be more stuff i I have to run out and buy and do before <laughs> we actually get to the day, but uh, yeah, we'll definitely enjoy it. So uh, yeah, man, well, that's my final thought. You've had yours. Uh, we are in the thick of the holiday season here, uh, folks. Before you go, subscribe, like, comment, do whatever you want to do. Look at our uh, beautiful Titan Nutrition ten percent off discount code down there and get ripped in bulk for your you know holiday sweetheart. And you know you'll you'll thank us later. But uh, anyways, stay with us. Uh, we'll we'll be back next week. And uh, yeah, thanks again for joining the Ball & Breakfast podcast.